Great. Hey, what's going on? It's your favorite host, A. Millie, and I'm back with another episode of the Sip and Sit podcast. Now, I know I have been gone for a mighty long time, but I am back, baby. I am back, and I have the pleasure of having on our podcast Miss Felicia Higgins-Walker. She is like the career destination expert. She knows everything about the workforce. She is the CEO of her company called The Focus Group by Felicia. She is a mom, and of course, I got to put this in here. She is a soror of the most outstanding, dynamic sorority known to everybody. That is Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> Welcome, my Sarah Felicia, to the show. Hey, Billy, what's going on? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my goodness. I have been thinking about this since you invited me and I'm like, okay, I got to get myself together. So thank you so much for having me. Well, you know what they say, you know, uh, great minds think alike, you know, we, we, we crossed the same sorority. So it was just, you know, it was a no brainer to have you come on and discuss and talk about you, what you stand for. And of course, you know, talk about the workforce, everything, is really has been turned upside down since the pandemic. And I know for me, I think this interview will help me out as well because I was displaced um, during the pandemic. So um, I want to get into things. Tell me who is Felicia Walker? Oh, you know what? I'm so, I'm, I'm a lot of things. I wear mm-hmm. a lot of hats. Um, but I am a mom. I have three sons, uh, ages 23, 21, and 16. I will be 50 years old, a fabulous 50 years old on May 31st. So Wow. So happy early birthday. And can I say, you do not look like you are getting ready to enter the 50 club. Like, I don't know what it must be, the jeans, the juice, honey, because you do not look like you're getting ready to step into uh, 50. But you but you look good for stepping into 50. I will take it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, so I am a a business owner. I am a full time business owner, full time entrepreneur. And it is not for the week, let me tell you. But I love what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am a career and interview coach. And I teach job seekers, I teach mid to high level employees, I teach students, high school and college, how to deliver life changing job interviews. Mm. Um, And when I say life changing, I mean life changing. Mm -hmm. And I call it life changing because when I went through this process, it was life changing for me, right? I was um, laid off from a pharmaceutical job in 2017. It was a six figure gig. And when I lost that job, I ended up taking almost a 60% pay cut, Mm. right? Went down to $40,000 a year. And it was tough. I did the job, but it was tough. Paid on Friday, broke by Tuesday. Mm. How how does that story relate to so many people in the world, right? It relates to me wholeheartedly because I know. (laughs) Right? And so I got to a point where I was like, Felicia, something has to change. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, I hit rock bottom. I hit that broken moment in my life. And that was the moment that changed everything for me. Mm. I went back to work. I started doing things differently. I started showing up differently. And I earned a promotion. I doubled my salary. I worked that, yeah. pos- that position for about nine months. And then um, I said, you know what? Let me get back to what I know. And within two months, I returned to the pharmaceutical industry with two job offers and I tripled my salary. So I tripled my salary within three years. So here I am. Everything I did, I put it into this nice little bow. And now I want to help other people do the same. So Mm. that's who I am. And it's like your gift. You, you, You talk, you hit every nail on the coffin that I have experienced. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to go back, you know, when you say you were laid off in 2017 mm-hmm. yeah. and from your job, and I know that was something, that was another baby yeah. for you that you yeah. love. Yeah. How did you feel when you got laid off, when you got to that point? Because I know it was something that you probably never saw coming. I did not. How, how was your, you know, your mental health going through that? Yeah. So um, I've been on the job 10 years. Right. And when I first started that job, I had no idea. I knew nothing about pharmaceutical sales, but I've been on the job 10 years. My manager was great. And when he had to call me to mm-hmm. let me know I was being laid off, he was crying more than I was crying. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but once the idea set in with me that, I no longer have this job. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was disposable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I felt um, like, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, and here's a, another thing. Um, I had just got married. Wow. <laughs> I married in October of 2016. And then I was laid off in July of 2017. And so that was one of those things like, who am I now? Right? Is this mm-hmm. one- Still going to, you know, believe in me because I'm I no longer bring in that same income that I had before, you know. So it was all kind of stuff going mm-hmm. through my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And when I ended up taking that other position where I took the 60% pay cut, I did that thinking, you know, let me try something different. Let me go into a different industry. And even though it's paying, you know, less money, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Girl, hey Millie, I was not okay. I- <laughs> I could feel that because I think I would not be okay as well because I feel like we have similar stories. Yeah. Very similar stories. Yeah. It was, um, it was not okay. Uh, I did the work and I was good at what I did. Like I'm Mm -hmm. good at a lot of things that I do. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about taking care of a family, when you're talking about um, what am I bringing to the table, when you're talking about, a child who's playing football, a child who's playing baseball, a child who's about to graduate from high school. It was tough because mm-hmm. they needed things, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it just got to a point where I was like, okay, something has to change. Again, that was my mindset. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and you you really talked about, you know, the family dynamics change. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize once you are laid off from a job, whether you're married or have kids, right? The whole family changed. It changes. It, it changes. How did your your children and your husband deal with you know this new uh lifestyle change right. that has happened? How did they deal with that? Yeah, so um initially my husband at the time, I'm now divorced, but my husband at the time was 
supportive initially, um, but, you know, it got to a point where it was like, okay, you need to go get a job, you know, um, and with my children, it was different because I was no longer, my children were not his children, if I can just be transparent, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were my responsibility. I felt their needs were my responsibility. And because I wasn't making the same amount of money, I wasn't able to provide for them the way that I you know, was able to before. So when you're talking about buying children, the things that they need and the things that they want, I had to kind of, kind of back up and say, okay, right now during this season, we can only really get the things that we need and those things that we want, we're going to have to wait on. Mm -hmm. It hurt me. Mm -hmm. like, that mm -hmm. was that was hurtful for me. It was it was embarrassing as a mom in front of my mm -hmm. children, you know. Um, so that's just and, and but my children rolled with it. Mm -hmm. They rolled with it, mama, whatever you need, we got your back, everything is gonna be okay. So mm -hmm. and as long as I had them, I was good. So and 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 look at how you are now. You're you are better than good. Talk yeah. to me about you shifting gears yeah. and when you got back into the the pharmaceutical company how was that coming from you know being laid off and going mm -hmm. through you know like you said hitting rock bottom yeah. i think a lot of people i have felt that and still currently yeah. feel like that um yeah. the the being disposable being yeah. unwanted and yeah. you know all of your talents and all of your experience you feel has gone down the yeah. drain how was it coming back from a dark place um and feeling disposable yeah. back into what you knew yeah and how did you kind of transition from yeah. that yeah that's a great question so for me and i don't call it dwelling but i always remembered those dark moments mm -hmm. there was a time when i took my kids into the grocery store during that time when I wasn't making a lot of money and I had to put a whole basket of grocery back because I didn't have enough money in the bank. Mm. The cart was de declined twice, right? Mm -hmm. So it was re always remembering those dark moments, always remembering, the remembering those moments that freaking broke me down, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I went back into the pharmaceutical industry, tripling my salary, going back into a six-figure gig, right? Mm -hmm. It was gratefulness that I felt. Mm. It was, okay, this is where I am and I will not take this for granted again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. That was what it was. It was gratefulness because I remembered what it felt like not to be able to buy the needs and the wants of my kids at the same time. I remembered what I felt like when I had to put that basket of grocery back, you know, at the grocery store and leave it there and go buy hamburgers for my kids off the dollar menu. I remember that. And I feel like that's what, it takes to be able to transition, right? And those things that you have to do is remembering what those tough moments felt like. And mm. if you remember what those tough moments feel like, then you'll do everything that you can so that you don't have to revisit that tough mm. moment. And I love how transparent you are. A lot of people I feel that go through dark moments aren't yeah. as transparent. Yeah. And I feel like you have a testimony because yeah. through all of the darkness and yeah. and uh going through that change or that transition that hurt kind of yeah. blossomed 
into you know creating the focus group by felicia and you aiding women to get that dream job no matter if they have hit rock bottom being laid off that something good will come out of it and i kind of always say this when we think we hit rock bottom and we kind of come back it's like the phoenix rises from the ashes and that is kind of like what you did you rose from the ashes got back (laughs) to what you knew and created your own your own business to help women like you get that dream job um tell me how did your other baby like i said you know, I, I feel like you know as entrepreneurs we are always pregnant with the passion how yeah. did this passion of creating the focus group uh came about i'm so glad you asked me this because when i returned back to the pharmaceutical industry when i got that six-figure gig back and it was mm-hmm. back in my bank and the checks were coming in mm-hmm. probably this is i mean no lie probably 30 days after I returned to that industry, I said, this is not where I'm going to stay. Mm. God put me here to show me how to do it so that I could show other people. Mm. I truly, I promise you, I said that mm. I wish I, I'm sure it's in a journal somewhere. I promise you. But, um, and so I took that and I took everything that I did to get the job, to return mm-hmm. to the field, to triple my salary, mm-hmm. because it's not an easy thing to do. Mm-mm. I had to do things that other people weren't willing to do. Mm-hmm. I had to start preparing for my interviews months, months mm-hmm. in advance. I'm talking mm-hmm. seven months in advance because wow. I, knew I had to change my life. Right. Mm-hmm. I started networking with people that no one knew I was networking with. It wasn't everybody's mm-hmm. business. Right. Mm. But, <laughs> but I started yeah. I was working in a call center, mm-hmm. but I started um, networking with presidents and vice presidents and directors, but just sending emails, introducing myself, saying, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. But this is where I see myself in the future. How can you help me? Mm. So when the time came and I was eligible mm-hmm. to um, promote, mm-hmm. then they had my back. And so anyway, when I returned back to the pharmaceutical industry and I knew that I wasn't here to stay, I knew that I was there to be able to show other people and give other women, other students uh, a blueprint of how to do it. I started pulling everything that I'd done, all emails that mm. I sent, emails that I received, all the Atta girls, all the steps that I had taken. Um, And I put it all in one place. And so that's how I got here. People started asking for my help. I started helping them for free. (laughs) I started changing. And I was like, hold on. And they were very appreciative of the the information that I was sharing with them. And it was working. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? Let me try to take this on the road. And I did. And I stepped away from my job. And here I am today. And I'm loving everything that I do. Um, and yeah, just trying to change lives one interview at a time. Wow. I'm, I'm just so amazed. Number one, it, you are giving back to the community, but I want to go back because it took a lot of guts Mm -hmm. and courage and confidence to network with CEOs of five fortune, um, 500 fortune, uh, companies and other, other, um, you know, 
places. Yeah. I probably would never could never do that. Right. Meaning, I'm a very, you know, talkative person, but you emailed them introducing yourself. I always feel like, well, if I email you know, the CEO of a company, I'm going to be mad if they don't even email me back. And I feel like I just wasted my time. I'm not going to do yeah. it. So right. how, how did you have that confidence in yourself to say, you know what? I'm going to email these CEOs, these, these people. Yeah. Um, how did you get to that point? And where does that confidence come from? Wow. So again, what I teach is let's marry that broken moment mm -hmm. to how you need to change your life. Mm -hmm. So when I would think about, again, not dwelling on it, but thinking about how I felt the night I couldn't pay for the groceries at the grocery store, mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> there is no one who could stand in my way. Mm. I don't care who you were. Vice president, president, director, we all put our pants on one leg at a time, mm. right? If you are, if you were um, a, a, a female leader at some, and you had a family, you had to go home and cook tacos just like me, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so there was, no, I wasn't intimidated because here it is, Amelia, I had to, I had to change my life. Mm -hmm. I had no choice. And when you have no choice, then you have to throw your ego out the window. You have to mm -hmm. throw your fear out the window. And there is nothing that should stop you. Mm -hmm. You have not just want to change your life, but if you have to change your life, if you're leaving, living paycheck to paycheck, if after you pay your bills, you only have 20, 25, $50 left and you have no nothing to give to your children, you're sad, you're depressed. You're in the bed. You're, you're not there for your children the way you need mm -hmm. to. Be. Man, that's a need. That's mm -hmm. a need to change your life. And when you mm -hmm. need to change your life, there's nothing that should stand in your way. Mm. Or no one who should stand in your way. Yes. I, I <laughs> love that. I love that. Oh, girl, you giving me, you are really giving me a word that I needed to hear. And that's why I, this interview is so needed for people like me and of course for people that will watch this that will come onto this youtube and watch this yeah. now i got the biggest question i'm ready you know we we go to these interviews and mm -hmm. i know for example me i've been on interviews in the past before i got my corporate um job in media mm -hmm. um i was working at a radio station and I normally have this big ball of personality, just, you know, I smile, you know, that what we call etiquette. Right. And oftentimes I'm just sitting in an interview and I'm smiling. I'm, I'm like very cheery. Then on the opposite side, people are just. Straight. Right. Right. And it's very intimidating because I'm a bubbly person. But if right. I get into a room with someone and the just the face is just like, oh, okay, no, they don't speak to you. Right. They don't take your hand. How do uh, people like me, job seekers or, you know, high school students, anybody that is looking yeah. for um, uh, to better themselves or elevate, how do you deal with uh, the, the job interview etiquette? Wow. So what should we and what should we look for and which how right. should we kind of um you know do if right. we have like a bubbly personality? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um so if it's a virtual interview, I'm going to give out a couple mm -hmm. little 
some little salt makers here tonight, okay? But if it's a virtual interview, then more than likely you're going to know who you're interviewing with, especially if you're being recruited, right? If, you, mm -hmm. if you're talking with a recruiter, that recruiter is going to tell you the name of the person that you're interviewing with. Go mm -hmm. research the person. Look them up. See what they like. Go stalk them. Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, LinkedIn, right? Go see what they like. So then when you enter into the room, the virtual space, mm -hmm. make the connection. Mm -hmm. right? If they are if they are a clown in the circus, talk about <laughs> man, I found the greatest clown shoes on Amazon. They were like, oh really? I wear clown shoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so do your research, mm -hmm. right? If it is an in-person interview and maybe you don't know who the person is, but if you are interviewing with a female like you, I love your top. Oh my goodness, where did you get that from? That was that is the perfect mm -hmm. color, right? Mm -hmm. It's male. Oh my goodness, I love the colors in your tie. My dad used to have a tie like that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't love a compliment? A compliment mm -hmm. will break down a wall every time. Mm. Now that's good to know. And I, I know in the past, even in my younger years, like trying to get that first corporate job when you're coming out of college. Yeah. I never knew things like that. I would be so timid and, and scared to yeah. even, you know, open my mouth because what if I say something, you know, dumb or stupid right. Right. or I can't pronounce, you know, certain words. I will always feel like that. Yeah, I would always feel like that, yeah, and I yeah. would never want to say, "Oh, I love your hoodie that you have on. I have one just like it." Right. I would never would have thought to do that. Right, right. And then you know, you just mentioned something. Um, you don't want to mispronounce anyone's name, so you mm -hmm. go in and say, "Oh my gosh, I love your name, but I don't know how to pronounce it. How do you pronounce your name? Because I want to make sure I get it right throughout the interview. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, sound crazy throughout the interview and." By the time I leave, you're mad at me because I didn't pronounce your name right. So it's about being transparent, right? Mm -hmm. If you're mm -hmm. nervous about the interview, tell them, I am so nervous. I have been nervous all day, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm happy to finally be here. And they'll say, oh, don't be nervous. Calm down. You mm -hmm. know, it's just us, right? Mm -hmm. so being transparent, giving a compliment, um, bringing both of you all back to the, the same level. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I love that. You know, this is me thinking about, you know, that dream job, because that brings me to my next question. Okay. You help women get that dream job, that six-figure job. Right. How can we master these interviews at these companies? And I feel like, you know, we're, we're trying to interview for a six-figure job. I Like I said, I feel intimidated. Every time I get into an interview, I feel very intimidated right. because I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get to where you all are. Right. And I feel like that little girl that is just out of college trying to yeah. get that job. Yeah. And I have been on the opposite side where mm -hmm. I have interviewed uh, young people that mm -hmm. were looking to work with me yeah. or work, uh, I don't, I don't want to say under me, but alongside of me as an assistant. Mm -hmm. So I've been on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. So how can, how can we as women that are go-getters that, um, are passionate, how can we get that dream job? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, for one, it's kind of like Alan Iverson. It's just mm. practice. 
It's practice. Mm. It's practice. Mm. It's the interview is practice. And I keep saying that over and over again, it's practice. Um, I host master classes where people can come and join and I'll teach, you know, how to answer those interview questions, like mm -hmm. really according to what the companies are listening for and what they're mm -hmm. looking for. Um, I teach the art of networking. So I teach those in my master class. But again, it goes back to practice. Once you get, you know, everything out of your head and onto paper, right? Mm -hmm. And you get out of your own way. It's mm -hmm. just practice. Mm -hmm. Because you know how our parents used to tell us, you need to know your ABCs like you mm -hmm. know the back of your hand. Mm -hmm. You need to know your experience. You need to know um, those successes, those failures, how you overcame. You need to know those things mm -hmm. like you know the back of your hand. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll take the Allen Iverson way out and just say it's, it's practice. And it, and it is when you are going to these interviews, um, I feel like sometimes uh, we get um, the recruiters, they call you and do the phone screening. And yeah. I, I'm nervous even with the phone screening. I'm like, okay, when they say, well, tell me a little bit about yourself, even in a in-person interview, in a virtual interview. And I'm like, okay, what all do you want to know? Like, what, what, what should you know? Um, employers that ask you those specific questions like well tell me about yourself you don't want to tell everything because I'm a talker I can go on and on about myself but what should you specifically tell mm -hmm. an employer yeah when they ask you that question yeah so what I will say is to that and I've gotten caught up with that too I promise you <laughs> I, that question I talked about oh I pass your building all the time and I just would love to work for your company what mm -hmm. right yes. no that is not it what I will say is from the first interview mm -hmm. um just know that you're being watched you're being listened to and everything you say is being recorded so you the interview starts from the beginning. So it's not all about your personal. You don't want to get caught up because they can be friendly and mm, make yes. you feel like <laughs> and make you feel like they want to know about your whole entire family and they don't want to mm. know that. They want to know about your work experience. They want to mm. know why you're interviewing with them. They want to know what makes you qualified to be on the phone with them that day. Mm -hmm. That's where, mm -hmm. that's where your conversation has to be and has to remain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and I agree, you know, with that, like you said, we can get caught up talking about ourselves and I might think, okay, well, you want to know about me, let me just add a little razzle dazzle to it, and, you know, but you yeah. are right, you know, we got to stay on, on topic, we got, we, I'm here for, to inquire about the job, but right. um, we can kind of condense that down. I know another question I always get, um, and I think I've asked this in um, interviews if, when I was um, trying to hire somebody, was um, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Mm -hmm. And that question always gets me. Yeah. I don't want to say the wrong thing, yeah. even if it's not a job that I know I'm not going to stay at a mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. How should one answer a mm -hmm. question like that in an interview? Right. That's a great question. Um, I love to get that question. And that's another opportunity to be transparent, right? Mm -hmm. um, in an interview, you want to talk about growth. And here's the, let me put a pin here. You are interviewing this company the same way that they are interviewing you. Mm. So 
want to talk about. I want to be in a place where there's growth, there's opportunity for advancement, right? Um, I don't know what your average um, time span is for this position, whether it's 18 months, whether it's two years, whether it's three years, but whenever that opportunity presents itself, I want to make sure that I'm in a place where I can take advantage of the opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you can turn the tables on them, right? What mm-hmm. are what are the opportunities for advancement if I take this position? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So put them in the hot seat, mm-hmm. right? What opportunities are there for professional development if I take this position, mm-hmm. right? So just remember, you're interviewing that company just as much as they're interviewing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but be honest, be transparent, and you don't have to say, "Oh, I want to go into this position," but you just want to talk about growth and advancement because that's what we all want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thank you for those tips because a lot of people don't know. A lot mm-hmm. of people are sometimes, and I say even myself. I use myself as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. When they, when employers ask you, "Do you have any questions for us?" and there's always that one question, "Okay, about the salary." Yeah, that is that one question. But sometimes I feel like I don't ask the right questions like are is like you just stated. Is mm-hmm. there opportunity for growth from this position? Right. Like like you said, putting them in a hot seat. And sometimes right. if I do ask that, they are kind of uh, taken aback. They're like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they're <laughs> right. Like, oh. It's yeah. like, a, um, um, uh, Mary, you want to answer that question? Like, <laughs> like, they don't know. So, right. um, and then it's like, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Answer that question. So, um, I, I, I do get that. I do get yeah. that a lot. Um, especially like that last question when they ask, is there anything else for, uh, that you want to know? Right. What, right. what other questions in an interview should one ask? Um, employers. Yeah. What, what is another question that we can put them in a hot seat? Right. So I think in this day and age with um, the George Floyds and, you know, I'm from Memphis. And mm-hmm. so you now the world is, is kind of having a conversation around Tyree Nichols. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, diversity and inclusion is, is a hot ticket right now. It's a hot topic with companies and corporations. And so one thing, and and a lot of companies are writing out this whole diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. um, segment or section, you know, in their policy, but you want to ask, what is the culture of your Mm. company? Mm. Right. How do I fit into the culture of your company? Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are there any moments of what are you doing to improve the culture of your company? Mm. I think that's huge. Because yes, I feel like this is my opinion. Don't come for me, but I feel like a lot of companies are is good on paper, but what are you doing in real life? Yeah, you advancing. How are you opening up opportunities for um, you know, people who are of different cultures mm-hmm. um, within your company? So I think mm-hmm. that's a great question. And and I like that question. Um, coming from a person that has worked for you know, uh, uh, I say, how can I put this? Um, 
all black workplace. Yes, they urban did. workplace. Yeah. How should one transition if they are, you know, applying to different companies that have, you know, a diversified group? Because sometimes I feel like, you know, not shrinking myself, but what mm -hmm. you shouldn't do anyway. But I have never worked in an environment of a I guess, you know, more Caucasian field uh, company. I've right. always done, you know, more black or maybe is like maybe two or three Caucasians yeah. in the yeah. workplace. And, mm -hmm. and that's it. Everybody else, uh, African-Americans, we were the majority you right. know, at that specific uh, station. Mm -hmm. So how should one, you know, what would you say? How should they transition from, you know, an urban yeah, workspace to yeah. more diversified. So I'll say this: mm -hmm. work is work. Mm. If you're good, you're good. If you have the skill set, you mm -hmm. have the skill set, right? If you're working in a in an urban environment, you still should be professional. Mm -hmm. You still mm -hmm. should carry yourself in a certain way. Just because you're working in an urban environment doesn't mean that there's a lax mindset, right? So mm -hmm. if you do the work. You have the skill set. You can go anywhere, right? Yes. That same professionalism, that same mindset to any company. I don't care how many black, white, red, or green. If you do the work, you've done the work. And mm. you, should be, you should be compensated accordingly. Yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree. And I, I want to talk about, you know, when we go from, you know, being more diversified. And mm -hmm. I know that your company talks a lot about networking. And you yeah. stated earlier, you did a lot of networking. So mm -hmm. tell me tips on networking and what, sh how should we network? Because I feel like a lot of times we do not know how to network properly. <laughs> Right. And right. we don't know the right people who to network with. So right. what are some tips that, you know, you can share with us about networking? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, I think I would initially say, get ready, stay ready mm. so that you don't have to get ready later. That part. <laughs> that part. It's be ready, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm -hmm. Right. So when the opportunity presents itself, when that president walks in and, and, and they are given a speech to your department mm -hmm. and after the speech is over. Now, here it is. After the speech is over and everybody is ready to leave and go to lunch, you don't leave with everybody. And your friends are like, girl, come on, let's go such and such before they close. I'll meet up with you. That's what you say. Mm -hmm. I'll meet up with y'all. Wait, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. You hang back. You introduce yourself. You go up and introduce yourself. Mm. Throw the fear out the window. Throw the ego out the window. You go up and you introduce yourself. Mm. Hi, my name is Felicia. This is what I currently do for the company, right? Mm -hmm. um, but this is where I see myself in the future. Mm -hmm. How do I get on your schedule? How do I get some time on your calendar so that I can learn more about your journey? Mm. All leaders want to talk about their journey. Mm. Whether they are president, vice president, or director, they all—they didn't start there. They mm -hmm. had to start somewhere at a different level, a lower level, and move mm -hmm. their way up. Leaders love talking about themselves. Leaders love talking about their successes and how they got to where they are. Get some time with them and, and learn what it is they did 
to get to where they are and see if they'll be willing to share their blueprint, right? Mm -hmm. So that's my number one tip. I tell everybody that. Don't hang back. (laughs) Give a card. My name, this is it. My name is, I currently do this for the company, but I see myself doing this in the future. Mm. On your calendar. I love that. I love that. And I have an experience. Um, when you just said, you know, hey, if people telling you, hey, come on, let's go this time. E, we, we're not trying to talk to nobody else. Let's go. <laughs> and, you know, I have been in situations where as I did hang back and I did network. And still to this day, I keep in contact with those certain people in yeah. media. How do you deal with, and this has happened before, when you have those bosses, even though you work for the same company, uh, a supervisor may be over you, but they kind of block you from even networking with someone else inside the company that Mm -hmm. is higher up. How do you deal with that? Or what advice would you tell women um, that have dealt with that and still currently deal with that? How do you kind of maneuver around that you go outside your company Mm. because your company is not the only and and forgive me don't come for me (laughs) (laughs) but you look for mentors outside of your company Mm -hmm. you look for mentors um maybe within your your friend zone because your friend may be a director but because they're your friend you don't approach them in a professional way Mm. you you continue to keep that friendship right Mm -hmm. but you Mm -hmm. never cross the line and say dang, my friend is a director and I've never really talked to her about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, it, I think at that point you seek out mentorship outside of your department, maybe mm-hmm. outside of your company. For me, um, when I was working um, that job in the call center, it was about seeking out mentors outside of the department that I worked in mm-hmm. because I wanted to know that was career exploration for me. I wanted to know what else, what other departments are at this company? What else can I do? Right. So then I would seek conversations, even if it's not mentorship, but conversations with people outside of my department, because they may be doing something that I could easily transfer my skills to. Right. Mm -hmm. It's about if you, if you're feeling blocked where you are, it's about seeking mentorships and conversations outside of your department, outside of your company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that you did touch on that because um, at my old company, it was always like that. You know, you couldn't talk to the higher ups. It was yeah. always someone or, you know, kind of blocking yeah. me to get to that point or he didn't allow me to be around certain people in yeah. a sense. And I had to go out, like you said, I've done that before. I had to go outside of the comfort mm-hmm. zone. I had mm-hmm. to do that to get to, you know, a certain person within the company. Yeah. Um, and it and it's sad that that we deal with things like that. And a lot of women do and they don't talk about it. They don't um, really, they don't talk about it, but I've always said, you know, I'm going to use my voice and my experiences to, you know, shine light on this, especially in the corporate world. And you know what I hate? You know what I hate when it's us holding us back. 
And that, and that's what what it was with me. It was us. Yeah, was blocking, kept yeah. blocking, yeah. and I never understood that. You know, I feel like everybody else in different races they'll look out for their own, but when it comes to us, it's a fear of you know the older people, older than us, right? That have a have that fear, like oh, I got to stop this. I got to nip this right. in the bud before it even yeah. starts. And I right. and, and and that's something that um, I feel as though in the workplace, even when you go in interviews and things, yeah. it's always us trying to block. And I never yeah. understood that. And, and that's why I'm here. That's why I created mm -hmm. this company because when I was going through everything I was going through, I knew that I wasn't going through it for me. I knew I was having this experience so that I can help other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. why I created this company. Mm -hmm. And I am trying my best to reach the masses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've created the blueprint and I want to say, let me help you, right? Mm -hmm. because, like you said, no one is coming to us. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn this in college. I didn't mm -hmm. learn this in high school. When I graduated from college, I didn't, the career center wasn't working for me. And I'm a graduate of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. And they had a great career center, but I didn't know how to make the career center work for me. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So a lot of us don't know, didn't know, and still don't know. Mm -hmm. And I like how you touched on, like, you know, in college, I feel like, um, me myself graduating from Alabama State University, I feel like the students now, and I think it's Generation Z, yeah. <laughs> they have they have so much more than we had when we were in college and even in high school. Um, I feel like now people like they have their own businesses like you, which you do, you help prepare students for the workforce right. for more. Right. And I never had that when I was coming up. It was always, okay, your parents, they prepare <laughs> you or whatever. Yeah. But really, it was like we had to prepare ourselves. Nobody had uh, businesses that really kind of catered to us, especially right. our skin tone. Right. So when we talk about students and, and, and how to prepare them for the workforce, what yeah. advice do you give to students that you work with on a daily basis, how to, how to prepare them if they don't go to school or even if they go to school and they still want to get a job, how do you prepare them? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. You asked that question. I've had a conversation with several leaders within the HBCU community mm -hmm. and, and, and the conversations have been, you know, a lot of companies and corporations will come to campus to recruit, but um, there's a, a, a large majority of students that can't get past the first and second interview, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. they don't know how to interview or they don't have the experience. And because they don't have the work experience, they don't know how to translate their school experience into a job skill, right? Mm -hmm. To talk about in an interview. And so that's where I come in. I do um, group sessions virtually in person. And I teach exactly what what we've been talking about tonight. But I go into, you know, like great detail mm -hmm. about exactly what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of what we talked about tonight, I'm teaching them. But um, but we go a step further. Mm -hmm. I, I, I have a, a passion for mm -hmm. helping those HBCUs um, and those students who are graduating but have no idea how to step, transition into the workforce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, I, and I feel um, I graduated. Ooh, I don't want to tell my age. But <laughs> I graduated 14 years ago from Alabama okay. State. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, in my own experience, I didn't know how to transition from that I didn't come I came out of college didn't really have a job but the intern that I had allowed me to still intern and still come back because Mm -hmm. I I could not get a a, find a job it it was very hard when you coming out of college especially at an HBCU and you are in the arts field like I was a communications major radio tv so there weren't a lot of jobs um open they wanted students that had experience and and i did not know how to kind of interview when it came to those jobs i would apply but then there would be nothing there would be no interview even if you got an interview you won't make it to the the second round and i would get so discouraged even as an adult Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, my experiences and, you know, I was a manager, supervisor at a company yeah, and I can't get past the first interview yeah. or I can't get past the second interview. And I, and I always kind of felt like, is there something wrong with me? Right. And I know I aced the interview, I'm bubbly, I'm, right. you know, all of that. And, and I feel defeated. And I don't know if you had ever experienced that, um, you know, coming up and Mm -hmm. getting these jobs and now preparing others Mm -hmm. um, how to make it past the first and second interview. Do you ever kind of talk to students or adults that Mm -hmm. feel like that, that feel like I just want to give up? There's nothing moving. Like, what do what advice would you give someone like me yeah. or anybody else? Like, they kind of feel stagnant. Yeah. So I graduated in '94. Proud '94. Mm-hmm. Um, it don't look like it. <laughs> thank you again. Um, but like you just said, there was a that was a different time, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know, you know, internet was just coming about and all of that. So I didn't know how to research companies. So for someone like you, for a student coming out of college right now, it's about research. It's about LinkedIn. It's about making sure your profile is clean, right? Mm-hmm. About mm-hmm. Making sure that they know who you are on your LinkedIn. It's about making mm-hmm. sure your LinkedIn matches your resume, right? Mm-hmm. It's about making sure your social media is cleaned up. Because that is the first place that a lot of companies will go. Because when we interview, we're we're taking our representative in the room. They're going to your social media to, to see who is this person for real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Making sure that everything matches, mm-hmm. right? It's a different day and time um, for students coming out of college. And when I came out, I majored in human services, social work, right? So, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't know. I worked my intern. I'm kind of like you. I continue. Mm-hmm internship after graduation. Um, and I had sorors who were coming out engineers and chemists mm-hmm. and how did they, you know, um, so for a long time, I think if I can be honest, I felt like I wasn't even worthy. Like I didn't really? yes. major, or I should have majored in something else, yes. you know, because I didn't come out making 80, $90,000 a year, but, mm-hmm. um, but experience has taught me Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those moments of need, those moments of wanting to change my life. And here's another thing. Those moments of 
wanting more out of life. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those moments of wanting more out of life and not feeling um, ashamed to say, mm. I want more. Mm. Don't feel ashamed to say you want more. Sometimes the way we were raised, uh, we may feel like, you know, that's being boastful or that's being greedy. It's not. It's wanting a different lifestyle for yourself and, do, and doing whatever you have to do to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I love that wanting more out of life. Yeah. And, you know, Felicia, you have been so diligent in creating your company yeah. to give back to the community, to help people master getting more out of life. Yeah. Did you ever think, did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams that you will be here? You would have, would be right here with the focus group, helping people along the way, getting that dream job. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you'll be I, did, I did not, um, but I've always, my the core of who I am wants to help people. I've always been that way since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And so now I've figured out, you know, people are like, I just want to figure out my purpose in life. Mm -hmm. This is my purpose. I'm walking in my purpose right now. Mm. So I'm helping people to change their lives. I'm helping them to come out of a depression. I'm helping them to transition into a workforce to put food on the table, clothes on their back, roof over their head. I'm helping them to do that. And so did I ever imagine that I would be in this space? No. Am I happy to be here? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love, oh my gosh, I love it. I feel like you have really preached my whole life when it comes to, you know, in the workforce and wanting more out of life yeah. and really trying to figure out your purpose. Yeah. And I feel like you have done that, you know, you, you worked at the, the, the fortune 500 company. Yeah. Now you are an entrepreneur helping people get to that position. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, maybe they will even start their own business right. to give back to the community, to help the uh, people like me <laughs> along the way. And yeah. this is, I feel like you're in, very much an inspiration Thank to you. our community, to entrepreneurs, because I know it is not easy, but it you is make it look easy <laughs> but you make it look easy thank you thank you you know what i keep going every day and mm -hmm. you're right it's not easy but i know that where i'm going is way bigger than where mm -hmm. i am right now mm. so yeah so yeah. i like to ask this question i like to you know have fun okay. um on this podcast right. what is a typical day for you like what is a typical day? I mean, like for a CEO, ah, okay. uh, what is a typical day for you? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, that's interesting. So I wake up normally around five o'clock. I'm on, I try to get on the treadmill in the morning mm -hmm. on the opposite days that I'm not on the treadmill. I do work out with the trainer because it's very important whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee trying to promote and improve your life, you have to show up and you got to show up a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't show up a certain way, they can tell. Right. Yes. So I work out in the mornings. Um, I pray. I talk to God. God is everything in my life. Yeah. Um, and I have told him over and over again, Lord, you put me on whatever platform. I will never deny you. So he is first and foremost in my life. Mm -hmm. I get my 16-year-old to school in the morning. I come back home. On my drive home, though, I do call my best friend and business partner. Um, and we kiki on the phone. Kiki is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important. 
Yeah, yes. I'm it, telling it, you. It kind of listen. It puts a pep in your step. It really does. It, does. it kind of like, oh, girl, that's tell you. But it's kind of like, okay, now I got my tea. I got, I got my fuel for the day. Now right. I can get to work. I can, you know, be exactly. fresh. I can be me. Exactly, exactly. So I come home. And um, I'm on the computer. So I have a team of virtual assistants who work for me. They work for me uh, overseas. So they are in uh, the Philippines and they've been working for me for over a year. And so we kind of talk about, you know, our goals for the day, our tasks for the day. Um, I also, I don't know how this happened, but um, I build websites for small businesses. I help small, I help people start small businesses from, from, conception to mm-hmm. end so they can bring it to life. Um, and so we talk about clients that we have. And then I have different contracts. I have contracts with the school system here, with the city of Memphis here, uh, with a couple of colleges. And so we make sure that I'm prepared for those presentations, mm-hmm. any um, keynote uh, engagements that I may have. Um, I make sure that I'm prepared for that. Um, I normally shut off around 1.30. I pick my kid up from school. If he has baseball, I'm at a baseball game. And when mm-hmm. I'm at a baseball game, I am there. I am present. My phone is away mm-hmm. um, because I'm that mom. And I'm, that is the freedom that I get of being an entrepreneur. Now, when we get home, <laughs> then I'm back on the computer a mm-hmm. lot of times. Um, and I may work to like 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And then I may watch 30 minutes of a show. And then I'm in the bed. Wow. Do it all over again. You do it all over again. And and still have that gorgeous face, honey. (laughs) And I I feel like, you know, you wear a lot of hats. Because when you were saying I have this at this time, it's very well structured. And I'm like, oh wow, yeah, she is busy. And when you say uh I I I really respect how you are that mom, like you kind of turn turn off your busy life uh for the business side and then you know because being a mom is 24 7 right but it's like you you hey i don't bring my phone i don't have that (laughs) they can wait after my son's game you know then i'll go back to it but i i love i love how you said that you know i kind of just turned that off because i know it is it must be hard to juggle everything at once It is. It is. But I make sure that I am open with my and my baby because he's the baby. My older children are older, um, mm-hmm. but I make sure I'm, I'm open with him to say, just know that everything I'm doing, I'm doing for you and your brothers. Mm-hmm. Right. Every, all the hard work I'm putting in, all the meetings that I take, all the conversations that I have while I'm in the car and we're driving home and you can over you can listen to my conversations. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm trying to create a better life for you. Not only you, but the children that will come from you later on in life. I have three sons, so I'm raising kings. I'm raising somebody's husbands, somebody's Mm. fathers, right? So Mm. I want to make sure that I'm their first female role model. And I want to make sure that they understand why I'm working so hard, right? Why I have to take moments away. Um, But yeah, it's, it's important. All of it is important. And I love it. And you do it so eloquently. And I love it. And like I said, you are such an inspiration to so many women out there. Um, And I really enjoyed this interview because you touched on a lot of things, gave me some hope. 
yeah. in my um, endeavors. And I know that you give hope to so many women um, each and every day and your work in the school system. It does not go unnoticed. And I always like to ask this and I haven't asked this in a while. Okay. As we, you know, in this interview, what is one thing or one aspiration or quote that you live by daily that gives you that drive to keep doing what you're doing? Yeah. So at the end of every presentation, and this is a quote that I live by, and it's by Les Brown. And it says to you have to be willing to do what other people aren't willing to do so that you could have a life that other people will not have. Mm, wow. Mm. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. And I have lived my life. I do those things that other people won't do. I talk to those people that other people are afraid to talk to. I get up and other people are still sleeping. Mm. And, mm. I, and I and I love what I do right now. And I love it so much because like you said at the beginning of the interview, this is my baby. Mm-hmm. All that I do is for me. It's not for another company. It's for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do it, it won't get done. If I don't hunt, I don't eat. Ooh, if I don't hunt, I don't eat. That. Oh my gosh, that that is going to be my quote of the week. If I don't hunt, I don't eat. That is, wow. But that is, that should be everybody's quote. If I don't hunt, I don't eat. That's it. Mm. That's it. Mm. Felicia, I have enjoyed this interview. And before we leave, please drop all of your social media. How can people get in contact with you? How can people sign up for the masterclass? How, how can we how can we follow the focus group? Um, because I know I'm gonna have more questions after this. How, how can we follow you and in, in, in get in contact with you? Awesome. So um, my website is www.thefocusgroupbyfelicia.com. And, you know, I turned that by Felicia, I tried to turn it into a positive because for years, thanks to Friday, it was such a negative connotation. Like, <laughs> right. Yes. Now it is the focus group by Felicia. Right. Mm. Um, but that is my website. And on my website, there is a link, I believe, at the top. Uh, where you can sign up for a masterclass. Um, and because I'm turning 50, I am running a sale for the month of June where I'm taking $50 okay. off. So this is a great time. And I will be hosting one every Tuesday in the month of June. Um, and then they probably won't come along for another three months. Um, mm-hmm. So take advantage. Um, let's see, on Instagram, I am always underscore Felicia. Mm-hmm. Um Facebook, I believe I'm Felicia Higgs Walker. I'm on LinkedIn, Felicia H. Walker. Um, the focus group is on LinkedIn. And whatever you see about me on one, you'll see about me on all. Right? I believe in family, friends, God, and that's what I do. Right? Yeah. That's who I am. And I'm always talking about how to improve your life. And yeah, that's it. That's me. Everywhere. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Make sure you go to her website, sign up for her master class. And I, I might need, I got to get on there as well. And and just, you know, thank you. I just want to thank you so much for just taking the time out of your busy schedule of being a CEO, a mom, and everything in Memphis. Thank you so much, Felicia, for coming on. But this is not going to be the last time that we see you because you got to come back. You are not, you are 
are now family. We yes. sisters. We're yes. part of the same sisterhood. But yes. you are a, now part of the Sip and Sit podcast family. Yes. So, and we're gonna do this again. Yes, we are going ready. to do. Just call me. We locked in now. As a kid, lo- ain't no switching up. Ain't no switching up. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Sip and Sip podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe the Sip and Sip podcast, the Sip and Sip on YouTube. Follow us at Sip and Sip podcast on Instagram. And you know, I'm coming back with more interviews and more shows. So thank you so much. And we'll see you in the next video. Hey, Millie. See you later. Bye. Bye.